You are listening to The Three Intuitive Healers with Heather Nicholson, Angela Johnson, and Stephanie Gonzalez. Produced by The Three Intuitive Healers Show. Visit the3intuitivehealers.com for articles and podcast shows discussing our personal insights and sharing our experiences with you. It is our belief that every human is an intuitive and every human has the capacity to heal. We'll take you along with us on a journey of self-growth and healing so you too can open your mind, heart, and life to the healing magic within. Thank you for tuning in to the Three Intuitive Healers podcast show. I'm your host, Heather Nicholson. Angela Johnson. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez. Stephanie, you had an interesting topic and it was something that came up in your group. You want to you talk about it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have a, a support group. Uh, it's both spiritual and really this is self-growth work. I've been uh, working with um, this leader for probably about four years now, maybe four or five years. And we've, um, because she left the state as so many of the members did, uh, we now join together in zoom and we either do classes or uh, free discussion. And, and it was, um, you know, it's so wonderful to have people like, you know, how we have here that support us when we have topics that, that we need to explore. Right. Because these Mm -hmm. are people who are very mindful as uh, you both are people who read and people who certainly have uh, had their experiences. Well, I brought up that I wanted to speak about the death process, um, both the death process, not meaning just the physical, but the spiritual emotional side of that. And what's great about this group is I'm probably one of the youngest. Maybe there's two of us, um, my age, we're mid fifties. We've got mid sixties, we've got 70 and eighties. So it's a wonderful blend um, to be able to see the different perspectives. And, and that's, you know, really what I was looking for. I was in a lot of discomfort because I had <clears throat> this anxiety that had hit me for a couple of weeks. Um, and I, I couldn't quite pinpoint it. I, I know it was, um, it was making me anxious and fearful about death and, and more specifically, not the death of where will I be the death of am, how am I going to grow old? Am I going to be ill? Am I going to be needed to be taken care of, uh, of um, what faculties will I lose? And it made me very frightened about growing old. And that's something I had um, never really thought about. And you two are a little younger than me. So I wanted to explore, one, how you feel about it. Two, have you thought about it? And what are your examples of growing old? Because that's something I brought up too. What I have seen, um, I was also with everyone discussing things, um, the subject came up, which this is another one that this was very hard when, when one of the persons had talked about, well, if I'm pretty good to probably be ready to go in my mid eighties, because I don't want to see myself decline. I know I've got health issues and I don't want to continue to get worse. And some of the people were kind of shocked that this was said, but I resonated with it. And I was sad that I resonated with it because I felt like a quitter. Like I feel like in me, I don't have that survivor strength to continue on, you know, amid extreme health issues or um, being incapacitated. And that made me even sadder with the discussion. Right. But through it all, I want to explain how I was able to not only, um, recognize what it was that was holding me and, and haunting me to how I've been able to move through it by facing it and moving, you know, going through it, not being oppressed by it uh, any longer. So first off, I would ask to both of you, do you think of 
of your death in the future? What does that look like? How do you feel at this day in the state right now? I definitely do. I definitely do. I have Alzheimer's run in my family. So um, watching people, you know, dissolve in front of you is is not unfamiliar with me. My mother also uh, was a social worker before she retired for the elderly and, and the caretakers, which is, I think, in part why I care for the caretakers so much as it was inspired by her. So she having seen her mother and her mother-in-law go through the Alzheimer's thing um, and also see the, the case working that she had done, she knew how important it was to plan. She's planned, she and dad have everything planned out, you know, so they really took a very proactive and now they monitor their health and they, you know, so, cause a lot of what you're saying, yeah, it's that, um, losing the faculties or being alone. I mean, you have children, so you actually have people who are like high statistically probability that they'll be looking after you. I got to like figure out which nieces and nephews I want to bond with, but it's just, it's a very real thing for me. Um, And it's funny because we, I've been talking a lot about this lately too. So the actual death I had a, one of my dear friends the other month. She's just beginning to think about it. I'm like, what? What? Like, maybe it's like the Catholic in me. I don't know. But I've made peace with that. The actual, like, where do I go and die? It's like you were saying, the years leading up to it, that uh, I'm, I've had to separate that out. Dying itself, I'm fine. It's the leading up for me. And so I'm taking a lot of, you know, steps now to allay that because that I can control. Right. We're all going to die. We've done it a lot, you know, because I believe in reincarnation. So it's like been here before. Are you good at it, Angela? <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. Um, <laughs> Millennia of lifetimes. Hey, yeah. um, you should have seen the one back in 1492. Uh, no, but it's, it's for me realizing it's not, having control over my life, my mind, my body. That's what scares me leading up to it. Heather, what about you? Um, yeah, you know what? Death is always ever present in my life. Not, not, not only in the physical world, but also in the spiritual, constantly going through these rapid changes uh, on a spiritual aspect and just, just being like, who am I today? Okay. I feel different today. And, you know, and you know, that something's changed, in that aspect, but also helping people cross over and just knowing I'm, I'm similar to you, Angela, where it's, I'm, I'm okay with, with dying and death. Um, I do wonder about what happens when I get to a certain age and what if I can't take care of myself, but I'm really deeply rooted in my faith and trust that whatever's going to happen it will be taken care of. I, I, there's just something in me that is so, so solid that I, I know it's going to be okay. It's, I, I just, I'm not, I, I don't worry about it because it's not present with me at this moment. I think what I, because I take care of my mom and she's, you know, she's, she's constantly saying, she's like, 
I just, I just don't, I can't think anymore. I just can't do it. And I'm like, my, your, your word is your wand. So be careful with the words that you choose. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, that makes me more present of be careful what you say, you know, I'm losing my mind. Guess what? You know what? You're just adding to that, to that spectrum of like leading up to, you know, your, your time here on earth. Um, but no, death doesn't scare me. I'm okay with death. I remember when I, um, when we had to put my cat to sleep, it was, uh, a few hours before I was taking him to the vets that all of a sudden a song came up on my feed and I was very drawn to it and it was called a call and it's by white sun and it's for death and transformation. So they play this song when people pass away and also when they're born. So I just, it's a transformation song. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. So, yeah. So if there's somebody out there that needs to hear that, I would highly check, you know, tell them to check it out. Have you been tested with your own mortality in either the past or um, in the present day, meaning where you think you could have died or something scary, and then you've had to look at it? Oh my gosh, you know, um, I find myself praying, please let me get through this, or please don't let me get hurt. Have you ever been faced with? Oh, yeah. You have you? I mean, and I'm definitely not like, come at me with a knife. I'll just be stoic <laughs> and look at my next life. You know, I'm definitely want to live, you know. So if I'm in an accident, I'm going to turn the car wheel. Um, but speaking of accidents, when I was in high school, um, <laughs> we were cutting class. And we were in the hills of Santa Cruz after a first rain, which get very slick. And we were coming down a hill and my friend was driving a 69 Volkswagen with, they didn't make um, seatbelts for those cars. And we had bald tires. We got into a flat spin that they thought we were speeding because the speedometer broke at 80, but it was because we had been going slow, but we got to this flat spin and just spun, 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 spun. And we got closer and closer because we're up in the mountains and it wasn't a cliff, but it was an embankment that went down like 75 degrees, like not 90, you know, down, but it was, um, and time stood still. And I told myself, I am not dying here. And I started to count off. And I said one and in my head, I put my feet up on the, mm-hmm. um, dashboard and I pushed back and I said two when I put my hands up on the because there's no seatbelts put my hands up on the ceiling and I braced myself and I can't remember saying three and when we woke up we were down the hill I guess we had run into a tree and that saved us from like Continue. it slowed us down but we were pointed we still got all the way down the hill there was a huge star in the windshield uh, that I had and despite everything when we went over, I apparently launched into the windshield and my bracing myself kept me from being ejected. I'm sure killed. Mm-hmm. And I still don't remember it. I just, mm-hmm. you know, and then we were in shock and there was someone stoned walking by <laughs> and we were like, call an ambulance. And, and then we tried to get the ambulance drivers to take us back to school. But I've always said, I know there's an alternate timeline where I didn't live. Like it was very like cut and dry, cut and dry. Like it, it had this feel to it. I, cho- I jumped a timeline. I chose which way out my adventure. Um, so yeah, there's definitely 
I'm going to live. I love this life. I don't want to just give it up. But that said, when it is time, you know, that transition, I just, it's the actual transition. I don't think scares a lot of people. It's, it's what could lead you into that. Are you being attacked? Are you very ill? Are you in an accident, in the middle of an accident? You know, you take that fear away. You know, I don't know that a lot of people would resist death as much that they knew they could be like, okay, this is when I'm going to go. Anyway, that's, yeah. Yeah. So yes, I've had a close, I've had a close call. My husband, you know, having anaphylactic shock got, had had it, you know, faced that way. I think that's the scarier one. So, yeah. How about you, Heather? Have you had anything you've had to face? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A lot of times, actually, it feels like (laughs) been there, done that. I think the most recent one was about seven years ago when, um, yeah, I got really sick and I was uh, septic and my organs Mm. started shutting down and they had to go and do exploratory surgery and then remove my reproductive system out because it was, I had a, um, an ovary that, that was, uh, ovary that ruptured and it was, and it just, I remember, I remember when I stood up, my body, my body conveyed to me what exactly what was happening. Cause I felt the pain. And then it just, I remember in my mind's eye seeing like something burst open and then my whole gut just being flooded and I felt mm-hmm. it too at the same time. So mm. it was, it was very, my ovary was very diseased, I guess you'd say for some reason, um, uh, something attacked it. And then it just, it was, it was a bad ovary. So, um, four days later I'm being rushed into exploratory surgery to find out what happened. So I know it was, it was really bad. They were, I was on antibiotics, three antibiotics, one right after the other continuously for four days. And they still couldn't figure out what was going on. So it's going to be so scary because it's one thing for me to be in a car, like it's coming at me. I understand it, but yours is internal. You can't escape yours. You know what I mean? Like I can take steps to try to escape mine, but it's, it's gotta be really difficult when it's an illness or, you you know, know the, the funny thing is, no, it's not funny, but the thing is, is that I didn't really know, like. I was almost sent home. So I went to the emergency room and then the, the, the OB doctor, Mr. Mr. Handsome, he's like, I just think, you know, it's from the uterine ablation that you had, that you're just having pain. So I'm going to send you home. I was already dressed and almost walking out the door when the internist came in and says, you know what? I'm not comfortable sending you home because your, your white blood cell count is off the charts, but you don't have a fever. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I felt fine course you're going to pump me full of opiates i'm going to feel fine <laughs> i'm also saying jesus right now <laughs> <laughs> so i have a feeling that if if i had left that day i wouldn't i wouldn't be mm-hmm. here talking to you you couldn't have gotten back in time Mm-mm, no so because i spiked 104 fever that night and it was just yeah it was bad so but yeah i mean did you been- did you pray or long to live? Did you, did you bargain? Did you ask someone what what were you doing during that? No, I I shut my emotions down. I repressed my emotions and my, had my family around like, bless them. 
because they're everybody was constantly in my room. And so what did Heather do? She put on a smile and said, hi, okay, you're here. All right. So I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. So let me take care of you <laughs> while my body is at war. <laughs> so I just, I did a lot of repression and it was, I remember coming home from the hospital going, I'm exhausted. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to put on a happy face. And it was just, it was, it was a lot, you know, just to have them moping at your bedside, just looking at you like, what's happening. And I was just like, I, you know, I, I remember just thinking, all I want is Brian here, just crawl in the bed with me and let me fall asleep right next to you. So, and then by the, by the end, when they had to wheel me in, I was hemorrhaging. So yeah, that wasn't (laughs) pretty near death. That's not a good one at all. No, you're here. And all the people who made a difference, you know, in your circumstances, that's pretty amazing. We're put at the right time at the right place to make these yeah. decisions. Thank and God was, for that internist. Yeah. Yeah. That orchestration is just always, well, I was the, something they were, they were trying to figure me out. Cause I had, I had, a, I had everybody in the OB department trying to figure out what was going on. And I was like, how can you not know what's going on? That it just, you know, like in the medical field, you expect doctors to know, but everything right off. Yeah. Wow. No, but what I've had is- people that have almost OD'd over around me and stuff like that so So you've seen people near Mm -hmm. death Mm -hmm. and in crisis Mm -hmm. where i've had to do you know painful stimulation on their chest to keep them breathing and going yeah Mm. that could be traumatizing yes very much so i don't think i have what it takes to be in those well i don't think i imagine i know i don't have to be a first responder and you know be certainly Maybe if it would have started really early, you know, in training mm-hmm. and you didn't have, I didn't have experience of growing as an empath and as an, an intuitive, then that would have been put to the side so that the job at hand could have been done. Someone now, I'm just telling you now, do not call me if you're having a crisis. I think you're better <laughs> off. Don't, don't, I'll be crying. I'll be, I'll be just like, I'll be losing it. I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I just don't, I, just, I get too invested in it. Um, uh, the pain of it. I mean, that's just, it just, it is what it is. So I'm okay with it, which kind of talks about again, why I had per- kind of been haunted here. And in listening to you both, I, I haven't, nothing that comes to mind that I've ever had that really was a um, scary near death or something really traumatic. I mean, I've prayed in, for my safety in times where I'm a little concerned or what have you, but recently um uh, I had a, a little jaunt in a little Piper airplane and um, on the way back, we hit a lot of turbulence and it was, it was, it was very, very scary, right? Because turbulence mm-hmm. on a, on a big plane is scary enough on a little one. Um, wow. And so I found myself um, going into, you know, using my Reiki and, and, and certainly praying for the, the pilot to have it, you know, and the pilot was fine. And there was, I'm sure there was no um, ever any worry of, this was nothing other than turbulence. There was no panic or anything other than as a first time, you know, a passenger in a little Piper, this seemed like certainly not fun. So I went into my, my, my Reiki, my praying for his well being and for ours, but my prayers, you know, surprised even me. Um, and again, this, this haunting had been coming around. I was really just saying, if it's my time, if, if this, if we were to crash, I wasn't, playing, you know, praying to let, let me, please let me survive. Let me do this or that. I was like, please make sure I die. 
please do not let me survive this plane. I am, I do not want any part of being a survivor falling from the earth, you know, 6,000 feet and waking up and having to like, you know, lose my limbs or learn to talk or learn to, I, I'm not one of those people. And, and I really thought about it. And then that even kind of concerned me more because in the past, I, I believe I would have prayed for survival, you know, so I'm, I'm not afraid of like, we talk about the death. I'll, I'll go see the white light. I'll, I'll go. I do not want to be on the planet if it looks a certain way. And that was haunting me like, oh my gosh. So then it made me very fearful about aging. So I've been, you know, stuff's been coming up and, and just getting things, you know, prepared um, as we get older with my husband and I, and that further rattled my, my, uh, my, my life in just that, wow, in 10 years, you know, I'm going to be, oh my God, pushing, you know, 70. How did that happen? Wait, what? How could I be in my fifties and in 10 years pushing 70? But that's the math, right? Yeah. And, and, and that just, it's just like, oh my gosh, that just set off another whole thing. So then I, I started looking at, okay, what are, what is, you fear? Are you fear of growing old, which I've been, you know, around my grandparents as, as a young person. And I saw my parents take care of them. I certainly got involved and took care of them. I've always admired, you know, uh, seniors and certainly the active ones. So why all of a sudden do I not want to grow old, you know? And I was listening to some of the people in our group were saying, well, no, you just got to get involved. You know, I've been on my own and I, you know, I signed up for this. I do this, I do that. And people just giving me, you know, you got to be in your head and you've got to persevere, you know, nothing to be afraid of. Look what I'm doing. And of course, everyone speaking is healthy and it wasn't making me feel better, of course, because, um, you know, first of all, that's again, in the future, I'm talking about how do I make this go away? I feel anxious, I feel scared. And what I did was, um, I just was listening to everyone. And I was asking them, what did you learn growing up? What did you see growing up? You know, who, who were your inspirations? Do you have both of you have seniors who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, doing things, going places? Or did you see people shutting down at a certain age, and having to I don't want to say stop living, but then get assistance and move slowly through the remaining years. What did you see and how did you relate to that? Um, Heather, I'll let you go first. Yeah, it's kind of like I have both like it's a dichotomy in my life. I have both, you know, my dad and my stepmom who are very active and who my dad's going to be my dad's going to be 78 this year and he's still doing construction work. I mean, he's still out there building houses and I mean, he's highly, highly active. That's great. I mean, he wants to retire soon because he's like, I'm getting tired, but I just don't know what to do. And so my stepmom's still cutting hair and she's, she's doing her thing, you know, amongst, you know, she does have some medical things, but she still perseveres like, you know, the, like the ladies that you talked about, but watching my mom decline and just, you know, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It has a lot to do with your mindset considerably. So watching the two, the two mindsets uh, play out in front of me is very interesting. Yeah. For me, um, my parents are very active um, and they both come from large families my dad's the oldest, but on my mom's side of the family, she does have some older siblings. So it is interesting to see old age played out and their 
you know, they're keeping active, they're keeping healthy and also keeping a network of people around them. And I think that is so vital. And it's something that's been on my mind hell since I got into my forties, because especially before I met Chad, I don't like to meet people. I'm not one of those like, Ooh, let's go. I hate Heather tries to drag me to like the Reiki circle where I know everyone. (laughs) I just don't want to do it. And I'm married to someone who's even worse. Right. Oh, yeah. And yet he's in the social. Yeah. And people love him. And he just, you know, we just, I like the idea of people. I like the concept. (laughs) So I know this about myself. Right. Right. And I've got a dear friend, Paige, who love, I've got a sister-in-law, Krista social travels everywhere like loves it do you have social I have anxiety to, no they social they're no they, do you have social of anxiety course, of course <laughs> um <laughs> you know me yes um but i make myself go out i'm well okay not to reiki ships i'm sorry i don't do that but <laughs> no, i get doesn't. together with family and i get together one-on-one um if it's in Pasadena and I do that because <laughs> it's a groundhog three mile radius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But I do that because if I survive Chad and if I keep giving into this antisocial behavior, then You're I don't have children. Mother. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, well, I don't have children. So, and, and it's, it'll be like a week before Uber eats does a wellness check on me. <laughs> And I'm basically, I don't, I don't want a future. I go out because I don't want a future where a cat chews my face off. You know, I, I want like to be taken care of and, and around people. So I'm taking steps now, both and with my health, you know, working out and meditating and, but also keeping mentally sharp and also getting out there and keeping my friendships strong. I may not want to meet new ones as much as other people do, but maintaining contact with, with my network of people because they're going to be my phone tree when I'm 90. Right. So yeah. That is that's, so interesting. <laughs> but, but it's so great. You, you know it, you honor it. So you, you challenge yourself, but you also don't put yourself where you're uncomfortable all the time because you think you need to do it. You honor yeah. your home, your home life, but you say, you know, I got to continue to feed the relationships that are at hand and partake. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. That's a good balance for you because you know, things will change in the future. So that's to me, that's being in control of it. So it's not fearful and scaring you because yeah. you're handling it. It's the parts that I can control. Right. I right. do. It. And, and that's the thing. We don't know what the future is going to hold. Um, you know, this, this anxiety, I was thinking, you know, I, you know, I'm already giving myself a sentence of how much time I have left. What does it look, look like? And for all I know, I could be active all the way to 99 and just, you know, have what I believe I signed up for is your quick heart attack, your lightning bolt or your falling tree. Those are the or three you could just go to sleep for God's well, sake. You know, that's, a, that's a heart attack at night. And that's fine. That's what I expect. I signed up for, and I will be so happy with myself <laughs> on this side. But as I was thinking, as we were talking again in the group and I was hearing everyone and we laughed and, 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 and there were some tears of people just talking about things. I was thinking about, you know, my own, how, how I saw age and, and what's going on now. 
and my parents, um, my father in his uh, mid eighties and my mother, and she's gonna, she could be 80 this year or 79 this year. Oh my goodness. I gotta, no, this is her 79th. Yeah. Um, so she's, she's about six years younger than my, my father. And my dad is really slowing down quite, quite a bit. Um, and it's been, it's been difficult. It's been difficult to see how much more help. I mean, it got, granted, they still live on their own, um, independent of that, but he's not driving anymore and he's needing help with, um, you know, the banking and anything, you know, paperwork, cause he's having cognitive issues mm. and, um, and he's so resistant to it. He's so resistant to it. And, um, and I look back, he's, he's, I think he's always been probably resistant and afraid to growing old, but of course now that it's speeding up and he, and he knows, you know, the time is, is on the, on the, on the low side and that the changes are constantly, and we listen to him as he talks about it every, every, you know, every visit it's, well, you don't understand. I can't, I just, things are changing so much. And so I was really thinking about that and, and no, I see that. And I say, I don't want to be that because I don't want to be fearful of death like that. And I know I can control that, but the deeper, the real deep unveiling that I received was this fear of death. That's haunting me because I don't want my death or my demise to go like what I see from my father. Not that I think that's going to happen to me, but what it was, I believe is it was, me taking on the fear of death and this, you know, and it is still very, um, very emotional for me, me taking on the role of my fear of death was because I was avoiding looking at his yeah. upcoming, you know, um, changes and excuse me, ultimate uh, device. And so um, that was a hard thing. It was so, it was both revealing because um, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, it's empathically, you know, when you're connected to your parents and two, it's as an empath. I think I, every time I see him and he's, he's so worried about growing old that he's, he hates it. He just hates yeah. it. Right. And he really, I don't think he has he a full belief of after death anyway. So that in itself scares him. But I just been soaking that up and not yeah. wanting to face the facts, right? Because my parents are both alive and um, God bless, but we want our parents to grow old. Yeah. You know, we do, right? We don't want to lose our parents early, but it comes with a price tag of seeing the decline. And in that decline, this is the reality that, you know, they're not going to be there for how much longer. And then we move up on the food chain and that, you know, and that becomes a whole nother thing that, oh my God, you know, we're not there yet, but, but it was so revealing to me when I realized, okay, okay. I'm avoiding looking at what my, what I'm dealing with here. I've taken on his feeling, made it my own and going with that story. And I was feeding that story, of course, by, I had the little airplane ride and telling myself, I don't want to live and I don't want to live that way. And I'm scared of death and I'm scared of growing old where no, I was and I'm not saying that's not 100% true, but it's not true for me right now. What I'm really scared of is my father aging and passing. And gosh, that was so, it was so helpful though, as much as and painful as it, as it was, 
I, these last, this whole week has been, well, these last couple of days, because I had our, our group on Tuesday when I had this epiphany, but these last couple of days, I felt so much lighter. You know, I felt like death is it just like it, it faded. It was on my shoulders, scaring me and haunting me, but I faced it and I realized, okay, it's not that you're, you're not the issue. I turn around and put my effort into now what really is, is the truth. Yeah. And um, just as I've seen perhaps my mother denying what's going on in front of her and she's doing it in a whole different way and that's fine. I could see it, but I couldn't see my own. And I, on top of that, I haven't even discussed it with my sisters, but I think they're all because there's, there's a little, there's a little issues going on and I see what we're all doing. I think we're all because our family's changing, right? So we're all taking that and digesting it in a way we all know how to avoid, you know, the truth. And so I think this, by me doing this, I hope I can talk to them and they can kind of um, embrace their own truth and we can all face it so that we're on the same page and that we're all, you know, stronger for it and can move through it instead of what we see sometimes with families, right? Where people get all, um, uh, chaotic and there's a lot of strife and families break apart. And I, I, I realize that now it's not just about who gets what, no, there's pain, there's, there's denial, there's suffering, there's guilt. There's all this that we're carrying that has nothing to do with us. It was about the situation and we took it, we made a story out of it and we never understood it. So that's why I wanted to talk to you all about it. So that, you know, it's such a, it, it's so great when, when you can look at it and dissect it and allow yourself to, um, say, I don't, not comfortable thinking about death. So let me explore it. Let me go into it. And, and along the way, I, it's just so interesting how it became less and less about me. And I saw that because as people were telling me things I'm like, Oh, that doesn't scare me. Well, that's not, what is it then? And, and here it is, you know, it's unveiled that, that artichoke heart that it, as much as it's not about me, it is about me, of course, but it's, it's not the Fear I thought it was. It's a whole different fear. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's been enlightening. It really has been. That's beautiful. And just the way you stated that, that that's really, it, it, that's just beautiful. And I know a lot of people will relate to that. And I'm so glad you had, I mean, I'm sorry, obviously you're feeling that pain, but I am glad that you were able to separate out what the fear is. And I, I would imagine even less of the pain and the emotions are yours than you think. Cause I think you were processing for mm -hmm. your dad, like just flat out being, you know, the old sin eater from, yeah. from the old days. I think you were doing that for his emotions, um, you know, his emotional dialysis as it were. Um, Cause that is hard when you see someone fearful and raging and, and not raging, but, ra you know, that old raging against the dying of the light phrase. Um, and you can't sucker them. You can't, you can't offer them peace because this is work that has to be done internally. And if you're lucky, you do it before it becomes relevant. Because if you're doing it while it's relevant, there's a lot of fear you have to push away to get to the, what your personal truth is. So that can be really hard to witness and stand aside stand beside so you know kudos for you for for doing that for your parents but also i'd be curious as it goes on like how much is actually yours because i do think as you said you're a lot more comfortable with when you get put it down to the granular you're comfortable with it but what you're seeing is someone you love dearly that and the pain of them not being there obviously is something that's super hard, but for you to not be there, you're okay. It's just, it's this external. So 
I don't know. That's just, that's lovely. What, what you said. And I think people will relate to, it. and I do think, I do think you're processing a lot for your dad. Mm-hmm. I think even less is probably yours. And also for your family. That's the feeling I get for your sisters and your mom. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, Heather. You're right. Because um, yeah, you can go to a tent. I know they probably all have their issues, but also, like you say, how much is spilling over to me to try to want, you know, in a, in a, if you've got a, a healthy relationship, anyone, anywhere, whether it's family, business, whatever, you, you certainly try to do whatever you can to keep it the same. Right. Yeah. And when it starts to get wobbly, then, you know, you either pretend it's not happening um, or you do nothing to help it get fixed, if you will. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's what we're seeing. The dynamic is changing and everyone has to adjust to what those changes look like. And some people have a harder time than others, clearly, right? Um, and there's no obviously right way to go about it. But I think it's an opportunity for anyone who's out there having anything happen that you may just like, let me just explain it, I guess, in small steps. I just knew I was cognizant that death was haunting me. I just was because I was looking at it through my own future death. And then I had a lot of things support it. Right. So, um, you know, doing paperwork, you know, for the future, um, seeing my eye was starting to catch people in decline, you know, besides my father. So I was supporting like, oh, that could be me. And I kept putting me into it. Right. Oh, I've got this many years. Oh my gosh. Retirement, whatever the case, I was feeding the story that I was worried about my future. And, um, it's it, it, it's it's with anything, right? When we when we're fearful or we're mad, whatever our emotion is, you can take anything that you see or do and make it about what your focus is. And it supports it, right? Live my life that way. Everything <laughs> is about me. I had right, ALS right. for like a week. <laughs> but you know, um, to that to that point, Stephanie, I have had this habit for years and I don't even know where I picked it up, but whenever I see some fabulous older elderly lady, like rocking it, walk, like trucking down the street on her own. And you can tell she's in her eighties and she's just, or, you know, mentally sharp. I think that's me. That's what I'm going to be. That's great. Yeah. I do that constantly. Like I'm always looking for examples of of the elderly. It's funny. They're getting older and older as I get older and older. I think, you know, when I started this, I would see someone (laughs) my age now and think that's how I'm going to be. Now I'm looking at, you know, seventies, eighties. But it's this constant choosing like I did in the car. I'm not, this is the path I'm going down. I will go gracefully. Mm. I grow old gracefully. Or, you know, what I do, as I say, I choose, I choose to grow old gracefully. And having, yeah, that resistance is a big deal, right? As we talk about in many cases, resistance anywhere. Um, because it's one thing to be resistant and then to stand strong like you did. No, that's my resistance. I am not going to die today. And yeah. I'm going to push my intention, which is to live. The other resistance is to say, I don't want to grow old and just then cower in fear. I, I hate growing old. I don't want to be around old people. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. That's full denial and hiding from it. And it's going to happen. 
So you can have resistance, but then say it doesn't have to look like this. Like you were saying, Angela, that's going to be me, whether I'm in a, a little mobile scooter or, you know, whatever the case, I'm going to still get out there. I'm going to live. I'm going to do, well, maybe not to be in places because you don't like to go too many places, but <laughs> <laughs> no, by then I've determined I will get over this and I will, I will have, I'll, well, there you, go. you know that's what I'm going to be? I'm going to be those older people in the park doing Qigong. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, that's great. But, um, yeah, that's why I've really this year, you know, with menopause and everything and my body just totally changing its shape instead of um, mourning the 20, 30 year old woman I used to be. I've really sort of embraced the French way, right? It's like, I love it, just like making the best of the age that you're at. And I feel like that sets you up for, as Heather put it, graceful aging, which I think is an, an acceptance and a celebration of where you're at. Right. every stage. So the beauty of it, you know? Yes. So, yeah. And, and for me, I have to, I have to, and that's why I constantly, you know, I both joke, Oh, I'm 29. It's not because I want to be 29. It's to get my body to think, no, you're still young. You're you don't, don't buy into this. Oh, I get out of bed and I creak in the morning. Yes, you do. But since I've been doing Qigong, that's happening less, you know, it's, it's not like, Oh God, it's not a denial, but it's also not a settling in and being like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a hip pain. I guess we're done with that. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. So it's a balance. It's a, it's a very uh, fine dance you have to do as you get older to really go gracefully and live gracefully before you go gracefully. So. And like Heather said, it really is mindset. And I see that with, you know, many seniors that have either partake and uh, have partaken in our groups. Um, and, and many of them, you know, but if you live long enough to be well in your 80s, either you've experienced loss of a spouse or you've had an illness, you know, that you probably overcame. Um, and, and so they're survivors, they're, they're um, heroes, you know, in their own right, and they just continue on. And that's what I've always appreciated. Um, and I just got myself, and it's so interesting, you just talk yourself into a whole nother reality and forget what you thought because you got stuck in, in the emotional, you know, quicksand that, that I got. And such a good reminder, you know, to all of us, especially when it comes on like that, suddenly, huh, Heather, nothing big happened. I mean, you would expect that if maybe there had been a death, then of course that emotion hits you, you're, you're caught up in it. Nothing had happened, but already my emotion was already, um, it was already, uh, being taken over by future, by present, by, I was just, just a a big mess of, of non-coherent emotions, like a big, right, a big knot. So, so important for everybody all the time to look into yourself and to question, uh, not in judgment, but why you're feeling the way you're feeling, especially if you're not comfortable, if you're comfortable with it, fine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable at all. And um, I wanted it to go away. That's so powerful. I just wanted someone to take it away. I wanted someone to give me the magic word. Like, that's why I wanted the discussion with my group. And I wanted someone to say something that, but it it doesn't work that way. I needed to process it myself. Almost Mm -hmm. like, and and Heather's done it before in a vomit or a regurgitation. Because once it's outside of you, you can see it. You know, then I looked at it and we're like, oh my gosh, it's not even my hairball. You know, right? That's so gross. But, when you really I know it is. And we apologize for all this, but you know. <laughs> that, that's going to stay with me, but, but it's it, so powerful it's that you did it. You know, I really want to acknowledge you, Stephanie. It's you, you knew you didn't want to do it and it's, you did it. And 
that's a real gift. And, and not only for yourself, but for others as well. You. Thank you. And it really is the gift of that. This is why we do what we do, right? In, in our healing yeah. and in our discussions and our work, because everyone has the capacity to do it. You just got to be honest with yourself and you got to be patient with yourself and you got to talk to yourself, right? I mean, and that's the thing. You, you know your own self, what feels good, what feel, what doesn't, and what you want to move through. Um, but to keep pushing things down, denying it is, is just never, you're never going to get to what you're looking for. And for me, I'm always, as you well know, and I think the both of you, you want to get to the answers. Um, and in this case, it was just uncomfortable. I wanted to get to feeling better, but still it was an opportunity. So, so now I rewrite my script, right? So now I know what it is. I face it and I, I accept it. It doesn't mean it's going to go away hundred percent because there's going to, as we continue on, there's going to be more things I'm met with, but I'm going to be able hopefully to recognize if I feel myself getting absorbed again, then I, you know, I, I set my own energy boundaries. I, I bring up my own beliefs to get them not mixed up with somebody else's and, and it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I, I appreciate that right now. I'm, I, I have an understanding, at least where I begin and, and where someone else, you know, ends type thing. I, I was becoming um, consumed, right? Yeah. Consumed. And then I didn't even, I didn't even know what it was. That's the amazing thing. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And, and of course you didn't know what it was. It's a lifetime of layered over, yeah. you know, <laughs> It's easier when you're younger to ignore the uncomfortable feeling yes. as you get older. There's just no, at least, you know, with my body, I don't know. I want to speak for everyone, but gosh, you know, as I get older now, suddenly I have the habit of hives. Like if I'm suppressing something, my body's like, nope, it's coming out this way. Like we can't hide as much anymore because our body betrays us, whether it's anxiety or breaks breaking down in some way. So I think at this age, you're kind of forced to be like, you've got to be honest with yourself or you will, in my opinion, non-medical opinion, start to develop issues medically, because at least that's how it is for me. If I'm not honest and really looking at something, if I'm truly suppressing something for a long time, especially as big as this fear that you were dealing with, oh, it comes out in my body in so many ways. And when you get older, it's not easy, not easy to get over. You know, so issues in the tissues, issues in yes, issues in the tissues. It's it's a very vulnerable spot to be in right now. You know, at our age, certainly when you're young, you're apt to be more selfish and rightly so, because you take care of yourself. Usually that's all you have. And then you become a parent. Your focus becomes on your kids or if you're taking care of your animals, what have you, you, you you know, that's your focus, each other, your spouses, your friends. Um, When you get to be in that mid age and if you've had children, you know, you're they're they're hopefully run to the point where they're taking care of themselves, but they're still always on your mind, right? You're always going to be a parent. But then if you have your parents, your 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 focus shifts to now them. You're back to caring, but now you went from the back to the forward because you're on a, another lifeline, and it, you get get caught in the middle, you know. And it's um it it's it's exciting for your your children and your youth and your nephews and nieces, whoever's in your life uh, to see them thrive and new life is coming and great grand nieces and nephews. But at the same time, you're now helping and assist your parents and such to their next, you know, uh, journey. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very fragile time. It really, really is because um, you know, there's just a lot on both ends pulling you into different directions. You know what, Stephanie, it mm-hmm. keeps on coming up is that um, 
it helps you to become more present in the moment and cherish the moments that you do have with your dad. Yeah, that, and that is exactly the case, you know, absolutely. And that's what I was thinking is now we work on just, you know, um, every day is a blessing and mm-hmm. let's do what we can to ease into it and not be in, uh, not expect him to change, you know, because he's in his own mode of, yeah. of fright and whatever, but we can do is, is, be there in a place that supports hold we'll take care of things. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So care, that, but do not carry. Yeah. Right. Care, but do not carry right back to that. That's, and that's exactly what I fell into. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, it happens and probably it'll happen again, you know, but yeah, so that's you know okay. what you're, you're quick. It, don't beat yourself up, Stephanie, because you didn't get it right away. Like who gets it right away? Um, it wouldn't be a learning lesson if you got it right away. That's very true, Heather. Thank you. It's a good point. And I also don't think it would yeah. be relatable to yeah. others. They would think, oh, she's just born that way. I just, I have a different problem with death. And I think now you can be an example for your family if they choose to to follow it because you didn't just come out of the womb okay with all, all right. of this. So um, I think it makes you more relatable to have gone through this. Yeah, let's and and, and that, thank you both because that is true. Because we could easily have expectations of ourselves. Well, because you've read a book, you've had a podcast, you've done Reiki and what have you. And, and no, it doesn't mean you're going to be you're going to get it right off. It just means you have the tools if you choose to use them and get through them. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful. You know, again to both of you for letting me discuss this and for all the work we've done these last couple of years because I've been able to play off you know uh, more and more. By sharing, I, I, that's how I get my, my answers and my healing. I, by being vulnerable and sharing with a support group, um, who, who can listen and help me. And, um, I can't even imagine I'd be without it. So thank you both very much. And thank and you, thank, yeah, my group for, for that. And I hope yeah, everybody you, out there can, can find a community, even if it's just one person who can just let you, you know, hold that space, like you say, to explore, to be vulnerable, because I, I don't recall my parents ever talking about such things when they went through it with their own parents, right? So they may not identify their own strife and ill and, and right. worries and heals. It just wasn't talked about. It was just, you took care of your parents. Just got through it. It was going to get tough. Got through it. Thank you. It just got through it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, things are different nowadays, ladies. They right? are, especially when we're going <laughs> um, into unity consciousness. Yeah. We're all together. It's not alone, not one and done by yourself. And that's what it feels like. It, it feels like I'm not doing this alone. So think, and, and it's interesting because he, you would, in the past, it would have been, well, you did it with your family. It's a secret little quiet thing. You know, no, you suffer in silence with your, your like people. And, and no, I've been able to, you know, share it again with you all. And of course, anyone that is so kind enough to listen and understand. And it's so helpful. It really yeah. is. Well, thank you. All right, ladies, I think that's all the time that we have today. We like to thank the listeners for tuning in to the three intuitive healers podcast show. We hope you're able to find the healing magic within. Thank you for listening to us on the three intuitive healers podcast show. Remember when we open ourselves to healing, we positively affect our environment. This podcast represents the opinion of the three intuitive healers and their guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical or psychological advice and is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Each person is unique, so please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. 
While we make every effort to ensure that the information we share is accurate, no guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made in this podcast.